This is Daily Buddhism, audio show number 67, recorded April 5th, 2014. My name is Brian Shell, and I'm your host for the show. You can find the text, as well as all links mentioned in this program and all past episodes on the website at www.dailybuddhism.com. If you aren't signed up for the email newsletter, go to dailybuddhism.com and sign up. There's a little form in the upper right-hand corner. Just fill in your email. You'll get a little confirmation message. Click on that. And anytime there's something new going on on the site, you'll hear about it. And also, if you enjoy the podcast and the website, the emails, the tweets, the Facebook posts, and everything else, don't forget to buy the book. My book, The 5-Minute Buddhist, and the sequel, The 5-Minute Buddhist Meditates, are now available on Amazon, Nook, and all the usual book-selling places. Uh, you can go to dailybuddhism.com slash book and follow the links from there. Now remember, if you've already picked up a copy, please leave a review on whatever site you got it from. Reviews are always good. And now, let's get on with this week's show. The first article this week is entitled, Buddhists Aren't Perfect. And I've, in, I've included a link in the show notes to a news article titled, 105-year-old Zen Buddhist master is accused of groping female students. You can read the article if you want, but I'll summarize here. This old Zen master, Joshu Sasaki, this is in modern times, has been groping and touching his female students for over 50 years and allegedly used his position to excommunicate or ban anyone who complained away from his retreat in Mount Baldy, California. Now, at this stage, let's remember that this is all just allegations. There hasn't been any kind of trial yet. And I'm not entirely even sure what the crime would be if there was one, but whether or not there was a crime is clearly inappropriate if he actually did it. Now, every day I post something on the the blog telling what kinds of things Buddhists do or don't do. Now, keep in mind, this is all in theory. In reality, Buddhists are are normal human beings who do stupid things. None of them are perfect, and even Buddhist leaders deal with daily temptations just like the rest of us. It seems like all too often in the news we hear about Catholic priests going after little boys, or Baptist pastors having affairs with members of their congregation, or something else like that. We rarely hear about Buddhists misbehaving, but I suspect that's just because there aren't as many Buddhist leaders in America. A long time ago, I posted a review of Sheng Yen's Footprints in the Snow a book which detailed life in a monastery back in the early 1900s. He discussed all kinds of scandals, affairs, and goings-on. It happens today as well. What's my point today? Don't look to Buddhism as the perfect solution to the world's problems. Buddhists are people, and they do stupid things sometimes too. Grasping too hard for perfection is just one more form of grasping that we should try to do away with. And now a koan. This one is called The Black-Nosed Buddha. A nun who was searching for enlightenment made a statue of the Buddha and covered it with gold leaf. Wherever she went, she carried this golden Buddha with her. 
Years passed, and still carrying her Buddha, the nun came to live in a small temple in a country where there were many Buddhas, each one with its own particular shrine. The nun wished to burn incense before her golden Buddha. Not liking the idea of the perfume straying to the others, she devised a funnel through which the smoke would ascend only to her statue, the blackened nose of the golden Buddha, making it especially ugly. Next up, we have a reader question about Buddha jewelry and other icons. A reader writes in, I have a book in which the protagonist is given a ring with the head of a Buddha, made from gold, which has rubies for eyes. She has a bad time with people wanting the ring or just wanting to take it from her. I am wondering if Buddhists would find the ring offensive, as I believe a Christian would, a ring with the face of Jesus with rubies for eyes, or if people would have some reason to want the ring other than just a fairly nominal amount of money it would bring. And my response... I'm not familiar with that book, but you see the sort of thing in movies sometimes. No, I don't think Buddhists would be offended at all. Nor would a serious Buddhist desire the ring, for monetary or any other value. Remember, a serious Buddhist doesn't grasp for, for wealth unless it's given to him or her. At least in theory. I'm sure there are many Buddhists out there that wouldn't turn away at a valuable item if it came into their possession. But just remember, Buddhists try not to to become overly attached to material things. Gold rings, money, ideas, even people can become dangerous attachments. But to chase someone down in order to steal a valuable ring is not very Buddhist. As far as this concept being offensive goes, no, most Buddhists wouldn't care. Even the Buddha or an image of him is nothing special. It's just another thing to be attached to. I've written before on the mistaken idea that Buddhists worship idols. They don't. All those Buddha statues you see are simply art. Next up, we move to a topic of Buddhism in public schools. And a reader writes in, saying, I am new to Buddhism and have recently found your website and podcasts. I'm an art teacher in a public school, and I'm finding it hard not to share this newfound aspect of my life with my students. I know that because it's a public school, I cannot preach or impose any religious beliefs on my students. However, I find the teachings of Buddha and the lineage I've decided to follow very important to life situations. For example, being present in the moment. I try to say things simply, but don't want to get in trouble for passing along my religious message to students. Obviously, I find my spirituality something of great importance and cannot, cannot help but exist within my own practice. And my response is, ouch. As a teacher myself, I understand your dilemma. Mentioning religious ideas in school can be the quickest and easiest way to learn what it's like to be unemployed. Even mainstream Christian ideas often are rejected, as something as alien as Buddhism is sure to meet with resistance. I ran into, the, ran into this myself just recently. I teach college English, and my students are all adults. I generally keep my beliefs as much to myself as my sex life. It's just not something I want to deal with in school. It's not really the place. Just a couple of days ago, a student overheard me talking on, taking a phone call from someone who wanted to interview me about the book I had just gotten published, The Five-Minute Buddhist, or the meditation book, I don't remember now. She asked me in class what I had written. I had to answer, 
So I told the class what it was, and the looks of incredulity surprised me. Why that? Buddhists aren't real. And quite a few raised eyebrows. The discussion for the next ten minutes was about suffering, grasping, and non-attachment. A few of those Buddhism isn't real people walked away having learned something. A student caught me after class, class asking where they could buy the book, so I must have made some impression. That being said, this is a college environment, not a public school. There's a big difference. In all honesty, I think with the current educational environment, I'd just keep my mouth shut. Some closed-minded parent is likely to hear half a story from their child and accuse you of indoctrination into some kind of unholy cult. You and I know that Buddhism is a great way of life, and someday, someone out in the real world might ask you to teach them about Buddhism. On the other hand, as a public school teacher, it's your job to follow the rules and stick to the appropriate topic, which in your case is art. And next up, another reader question. Reader writes in, I'm having trouble finding time to meditate every day. Meditation has been in my life for a long time, but structured meditation has been a difficult task to adhere to. Although I wish to, and feel the urge to, I'm having a hard time sticking to it. Do you have any advice for this? And my response. As I just mentioned, I'm an English teacher, and I also want to publish more books, so I read lots of books about writing. One of the chief complaints that wannabe writers have is that they don't have the time to write. I see this over and over in books about writing, and from aspiring writers on Twitter and other websites as well. The old-timers and the experienced writers always have the same answers for them. A writer writes. A similar argument comes from those who don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to exercise. Well, the same thing goes for meditation. If it's important to you, you'll find a way to fit it in. The problem is that right now, other things are more important to you. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's sitting in a chair watching Here Comes Honey Boo Boo on TV. I don't know. But if you aren't meditating, then it's simply because something else is taking priority. There's nothing wrong with having some things in your life more important than meditation. I'll admit it. I don't get around to it nearly as often as I should myself. The thing here is to take responsibility for your own lack of meditation. Don't blame your calendar or the clock. If it's important enough to you, you'll make time for it, the way you make time for other things like sleeping and eating right now. Maybe subconsciously you're avoiding meditation for some reason. Maybe you simply don't manage your time well. Get organized. See what other time-consuming thing you could cut back on or drop entirely. Maybe you really are that busy and meditation just won't fit. That happens sometimes. But most of the time, the situation is easily fixed. Just do it. And that's all I have for you this week. The Daily Buddhism runs primarily from your donations, and it's easy to help out. Just go to www.dailybuddhism.com donate and click on one of the options there. You can donate as little as a dollar or as much as you want. Keep in mind that the Daily Buddhism daily email newsletter is com completely free, all you need to do is go to the site and sign up. If you'd like to get caught up on the show, all of the back episodes are available on the website, and most of the best are included in the book, The Five-Minute Buddhist, available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all other booksellers. 
Ask your local bookstore to order you a copy if they don't already have it on their shelves. It's also available in all the usual ebook formats, Kindle, Nook, or whatever. And very important, if you have a question on any Buddhism-related topic, send in your questions by email to dailybuddhism at gmail.com. And I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.